political correctness has muzzled us, choked us, strangled us, and kept us from calling an enemy an enemy. And if we don't wake up and realize it's not wrong to judge, it's wisdom, we will die on the altar of PC. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Life Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues this exciting series entitled Piercing the Darkness. Pastor Jeff has shown us in the last few Life Talk programs that the church that pierces the darkness will first learn to stay in the race by turning pain into gain. Secondly, it will stay with the word no matter what the cost. And now today, Pastor Jeff begins to discuss that a darkness-piercing church will resist political correctness. Political correctness is all about not offending someone, particularly as to their race or moral lifestyle. We are to be tolerant to everything and everyone. Now that might sound good to you as a Christian, but listen to what Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25 has to say. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Political correctness has become the number one enemy of the church. If we can't speak truth that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father in heaven, then we have lost our ability to do the work of God here on earth. So grab your Bibles and let's go right to Pastor Jeff's enlightening message, Wanted, a Politically Incorrect Church. There's two kind of churches in our country today. The church that is either caving in to the darkness, compromising with the Word, letting the culture shape them, or there's the church that refuses to cave in to the darkness, but instead is getting on the offense and piercing the darkness and driving the darkness out and letting the light of Jesus shine. Now, I don't know about you, but you couldn't catch me dead or alive in a church that's caving in to the culture. We're going to be a church that pierces the darkness, and if we're going to do it, we're going to have to be politically incorrect. Let's look at the verse, 2 Timothy 1.7. We all know this verse. Read it with me, everybody. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, or some say a sound mind. Notice. The spirit God gave you is not one of fear or not one that is intimidated, but is a spirit of power, boldness, love, forthrightness, honesty, force, and a sound mind. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray your hand upon this church and churches all over America who will stand up to the darkness, let their light shine and drive it back. We thank you for it. Now, will you pray with me and just say, Lord, help me to be somebody who pierces the darkness, takes a stand in Jesus' name, 
Amen. Well, turn to your neighbor and tell them, perk up and listen, you're going to need this. Guarantee you. We've seen in the last few weeks that the church that pierces the darkness is going to have certain characteristics. We've looked at the church that pierces the darkness will learn to stay in the race by turning pain into gain. That's the first one. The second characteristic of a church that pierces the darkness is that church is going to stay with the Word of God no matter what the cost. The church that pierces the darkness will not throw the Word of God out out of fear or intimidation, but will stand up and say this is God's truth. And now today, I want to talk to you very sincerely about this issue of political correctness. The church that pierces the darkness will resist and will defy political correctness. Now, you may be saying, well, what in the world is political correctness? I've heard a lot about it, and it's usually kind of a joke. People talk about uh, PC. I'm gonna, I will refer to it here on out as PC to save myself a lot of syllable waste. PC. We joke about PC. We say, oh, they're just being politically correct. They're just being PC, and we think that it's funny. But you know, folks, PC is no longer a joke. PC is no longer funny. Well, what is PC? What is political correctness? It is defined as this. Listen carefully. It's the use of language or conduct that deliberately avoids giving offense, particularly on the basis of ethnic origin or sexual orientation. So political correctness is all about not offending somebody. That's what we're told particularly as to their race or their moral lifestyle. Political correctness says you should not be judging anybody. You should not stand in judgment or condemn anybody. You should not look askance at anybody concerning their ethnicity or their moral lifestyle. Now, that sounds good. That sounds fine. As a matter of fact, it almost sounds Christian, right? Not to judge, but not really. As a matter of fact, let me tell you something today. PC has become the number one enemy of the church of Jesus Christ. PC has become the number one enemy of the church of Jesus Christ. And I want to submit something to you today about PC. Political correctness is not about really not offending somebody. That's really not what it has come down to. But political correctness is a form of cultural Marxism where for the first time in our history, Americans have to be fearful about what they say or what they write or of what they even think. We have become afraid of using the wrong word, a word that has been denounced as offensive or insensitive or racist or sexist or homophobic. For the first time in the history of America, the land of free speech, we're afraid of free speech. We're afraid of saying what we really think. There are certain words and phrases and thoughts we're no longer supposed to have. And do you know that I read recently about a person who had actually lived in the Soviet Union under hardcore communism, and they said there was nothing like every day getting up and being very afraid of what you said, because what you said There was always somebody listening. There was always somebody homed in on what you spoke about. 
And if you said the wrong thing, you could actually be arrested, taken to the gulags, you could eat, you could lose your family, lose your job, even lose your future and your life because of what you said. And we used to look at that and say, my, how horrible. But PC has now become a form of cultural Marxism. There are certain things we can no longer say that we should no longer think. And if we say them or it becomes known that we think them, we are not taken to jail yet. But with the passing of hate crime legislation, some are already experiencing being arrested, being persecuted, being threatened based on simply not agreeing with political correctness and saying things that they should not. We are, every day that goes by, increasingly coming under a form of cultural Marxism through political correctness. As a matter of fact, I believe that PC, if you look behind it at the spiritual motivation that is behind it and the spiritual force that is behind it, it's very dark and it's very satanic. And I believe that PC has come upon our country to muzzle the Word of God. It's about silencing the testimony of Scripture concerning sin and right and wrong. It's about snuffing out the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's about shutting God out of our society. Jesus said these words. This is the verdict. He said in John 3, verse 19, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. Well, where does the light come from? It comes from the Word of God. So what better way to shut out the light than to make it wrong to speak the convictions of the Word of God? What do those who hate the light do? It says, everybody who does evil, said Jesus, hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. So if you're walking in the light, you're happy for the light to shine on your life for all to see because you know you're walking in what is right and not wrong. But if you're walking in darkness and you love darkness, you don't want the light penetrating that darkness. So what better way to stop the light than to bring about political correctness where it's wrong to pass a judgment on what God's Word says is wrong or right? Now, political correctness has crowned one word, the king of all words. One word. And here it is. That word is tolerance. We've got to be tolerant. Doesn't that sound so spiritual, so loving, so even Christian? We need to be tolerant of one another. If you're illuminated, if you have seen the light, you will be tolerant. Now, what does tolerance mean? Well, we all have an understanding of the word tolerance. Not long ago, the word tolerance meant bearing with or putting up with somebody or something not especially liked. You know, we tolerate people all the time that we don't particularly like. You know, the Bible says love everyone. It doesn't say you've got to like everyone. Did you know that you can love somebody you don't like? So we understand tolerance to mean that you're putting up with something that grates on you, but you do it out of graciousness. You're, you're tolerating something. But now tolerance has been redefined. And I want you to listen very carefully to this because you were affected by what I'm going to talk about today. You were affected by it this week. You're going to battle with it until God shuts it down. It is your battle. This is my battle. So listen carefully. Tolerance has been redefined to mean this. 
all values, all beliefs, all lifestyles, all truth claims are equal and should therefore be graciously tolerated. Now I'm going to say that again. Tolerance, the new definition, the PC definition is this, that all values, no matter what they are, all beliefs, all religions, all lifestyles, all truth, all morality claims are equal. And therefore, you and I should graciously tolerate them. Which means don't say anything about them. Which means don't pass a judgment on them. Denying this, if you do not adhere to this new definition of tolerance, it makes you an intolerant person and thus worthy of society's contempt. Now, where does this leave Christians? It leaves us in trouble. You know why? Because since we believe in the uniqueness of Jesus Christ above all other faiths, we are deemed intolerant. As a matter of fact, did you know that Jesus wouldn't get into a lot of churches in our day? Jesus would be considered very intolerant. He would not be PC. Jesus would be extremely politically incorrect. Jesus said... For instance, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody. Everybody say nobody. nobody. That means nobody. Not here, not in the east, nowhere. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. No one gets to the Father except through him. Jesus, what a politically incorrect statement. You need to become tolerant because it really doesn't matter how we get there. As long as we get there, hug a tree. And if you mean well, you'll get there. No. Jesus would be considered very politically incorrect. He was very exclusive. He was very unique. He was very one way. He was very narrow road. The Apostle Peter put it this way. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Do you hear the exclusivity of that statement? No one else. No other name. My Simon Peter, you need to get up to speed. You need to become illuminated and become more tolerant. No. There is a difference between tolerance and just telling the truth. And so we believe if you're a genuine born-again, Bible-believing, God-loving Christian then you have got to believe this. No one else, no other name. And that means, according to the culture out there that is politically correct, more and more so by the day, you are intolerant. The new definition of tolerance makes the Christian claims to the exclusivity of Jesus sound intolerant, which justifies much of the anti-Christian bigotry that is in the media and in the education system and is getting worse by the day. The only people it's right anymore to persecute are Christians. Why? Because we insist on no other name, no one else, no other way. So under the new PC definition of tolerance, all worldviews, listen to this, are equally valid because there is no absolute non-negotiable truth as found in the Bible. Don't tell me that there's only one truth 
Because my truth is my truth and yours is yours. Don't judge mine and I won't judge yours. And that's the new tolerance. What's the result of all that? Listen carefully. Tolerance. This concept of it has replaced truth as the primary American virtue. Watch the news. Read your papers. You know what's going on around there. You know what's going on out there. You know how they see things. Watch the way news anchors will tear into and rip into a Christian when they insist that Jesus Christ is the only way. This is Larry King's number one question to any Christian that sits on his show. Are you telling me that I've got to believe like you to get to heaven? And those that are adhering to the Word of God say, Yes, Larry, that's what Jesus said. I'm the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. That doesn't make me an intolerant bigot. That means that I am believing what my Savior said. That's it. So, church, let me inform you the gloves are off, the game is afoot. And it's coming down to, are you going to be politically correct and cave into the culture or politically incorrect and take your stand for the Word of God and for the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, let me talk a little bit more about queen tolerance. And I want to clear up one of the biggest sources of confusion that are around today and that's in the church. And the whole thing has to do with judging others. Because you see, the new definition of tolerance says you can't judge anybody, you shouldn't judge anybody. Who are you to judge me? I won't judge you, you don't judge me. Can't we all just get along? Which sounds great, except when you take a stand for Christ, they happily, speedily, viciously judge you. Since the new tolerance claims that all worldviews are equal, all of them are equal on equal footing, and none is better than another, much of our country has been brainwashed into believing that to judge somebody is to be intolerant. Is that true? Is it true that if I judge somebody's lifestyle or I judge somebody's belief, I'm being an intolerant, homophobic bigot? Is that really true? I want to tell you something right now. That belief that it's wrong to judge someone, it's wrong to look at somebody's life or belief system and judge it, is the hook that is in the soul of our nation, and it's going to drag us down into the abyss and into destruction if we don't get a hold of this and penetrate that lie and realize that, no, the Bible doesn't teach you should never judge somebody. The Bible says to judge is not intolerance, it is wisdom. Now, I've told you over and over that I've got bird feeders in my backyard, and I go out there every day and I put it full of bird seed, and I sit out there with my Bible, and I love being with the birds, my little fountain, and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. It's my favorite time of day. And yesterday morning, just yesterday morning, I was out there, and when I put the bird seed out, you'll see that the tree that in front of me all of a sudden fills with doves and blue jays and sparrows and finches because they know that the man has just come out there and put seed in the bird feeder. Now, I'm sitting there, I'm reading my Bible, and the, bullet, the tree is full of these birds. And all of a sudden, while I'm reading my Bible, whoosh, they went. I mean, they boogied. I mean, they fled in every single direction. Feathers flying everywhere. They got out of there. And I looked up there and I said, did I move too fast? Did I scare them? 
And then in about 10 seconds, right overhead, flew a hawk. Now, I thought this to myself. What if they had been politically correct? And they said, one of them said, it's a hawk. Don't say it's a hawk. That's not a hawk. I don't see a hawk. It's just a bird. It's a bird just like us. You can't call that a hawk. That's not a hawk. That's just a bird just like us. Don't you pass judgment on that hawk. And every bird that decided to remain politically correct would have been eaten alive. No, they saved their life by being willing to judge. Come on, everybody. They didn't say to each other, don't say it's a hawk. It's wrong to judge that bird. Don't judge that bird. Don't say it's a hawk. No, they said, right there is a hawk. He wants to eat me. That's my enemy. I'm passing a value judgment. And I'm getting out of here to save my life. Any politically correct bird would have no longer existed. He would have died on the altar of PC. Now, let me tell you something. That's funny, but those birds have more sense than Americans today. Those birds. Because we see enemies coming into our nation. We see people who have spoken out loud. They wish us harm. But political correctness has muzzled us, choked us, strangled us, and kept us from calling an enemy an enemy, trying to rename them, redefine them, just for an example. And if we don't wake up and realize it's not wrong to judge, it's wisdom, we will die on the altar of PC. Under the new politically correct definition of tolerance, all worldviews are equally valid because there is no absolute, no non-negotiable truth as found in the Bible. The result of all this? Tolerance has replaced truth as the primary American virtue. This flies in the face of the Word of God, which clearly presents absolute truth and an absolute God and a one and only Savior. Where does that leave us as American Christians? Instead of being tolerant of any and all activity, we have a right and a responsibility to stand up and say, no, we will not be tolerant. For instance, of the murder of unborn girls and boys and on many other issues as well. We choose to draw the line where the Bible draws the line. Well, that's it for this time. We hope you've enjoyed the message. And will remember this, God transforms suffering people into comforters. He brings gain out of pain. Join Pastor Jeff next time as he continues with part two of the message, Wanted, a politically incorrect church. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Wanted, a politically incorrect church, is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, Piercing the Darkness. 
You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Gift, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff Wickwire, and I am so excited to announce that Turning Point Church will be launching Reach Bible College and Seminary this November. Whether you've been in ministry for years or you're just getting started, Reach Bible College and Seminary will help you reach your goals. Our affordable bachelor and master degree programs are designed to incorporate practical ministry alongside a sound theological education. Why wait until you finish your education before starting your ministry? We're now enrolling for the winter trimester that begins November 28th. For more information, visit our website at www.reachdfw.org. That address again is www.reachdfw.org. You can also visit our information table before and after any of our weekly services at Turning Point Church. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.